Do you feel that in a time when we are more connected than ever, we are drifting away from real human connection, especially to ourselves? I do. Hi, I'm Leticia Latino, and I want to invite you to join me and my very inspiring guests in exploring ways to reconnect to your essence, to your definite purpose, to what makes you tick. Are you ready? Well, hello there, and welcome to a new episode of Back to Basics, Reconnecting to the Essence of You. My guest today is Guido Shimansky. He's an international speaker and performance coach best known for his transformational programs, such as successful auditions for creative high achievers, the CD Angels of Forgiveness, the Little Journey of Letting Go, and the most recently launched Six-Week Masters. Besides working with high-profile and public figures, Guido has also worked closely with the Royal Academy of Music in London, the Voice College, as well as Fusion 5 Performance in Germany. He's the co-founder of the Network for Transformational Leaders and a founding member of the Changemakers. Hello, Guido, and welcome to Back to Basics. Hello, I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. I'm very excited too, because you are in Germany. And now I think you're my second guest that I've interviewed in, from Germany and that it's actually in Germany right now. So I love it when I, you know, the podcast uh, crosses boundaries and, and frontiers. So welcome. I'm, I'm so excited. Likewise. So Guido, let's start at the origin story. Tell us a little bit about, you know, I'm sure you were, you know, you have some German countryside maybe stories. Where, where were you born? And, uh, and uh, most importantly, what were you passionate about in your younger years? Actually, I wasn't born in the countryside. I was born on the Dutch border. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> really? Is, yes. I'm, I'm from a town called Aachen, which is wedged in between Holland and Belgium. And from my parents' home, I could literally walk to the Netherlands, walk to Holland in 15 minutes and drive to Belgium in five minutes. Oh, wow. There you go. So I probably have passed by your town because we normally, as people know, my husband is Dutch. So we usually land somewhere like in Dusseldorf or someone in Germany and then cross the border to his town, which is very close by the, the border. That's great. Yes, most likely. So um, awesome. <laughs> I mean, that is that is where I grew up. And if you want to talk about personal stories, I mean, the first thing that always comes to mind is I've always been someone that needed to move and it needed like a child that needed to express, even though I'm coming from a very football oriented family. Mm -hmm. That was not me. I wanted to move. I wanted to do gymnastics and later on to dance. And I mm -hmm. actually started with ballet when I was about 12 years old, 13 oh, years old. I love that. I love that because for a boy, that's already like, I'm sure it was not that popular. So that that already shows like uh, courage on your end. It was it was certainly pushing boundaries. Let's, <laughs> <laughs> let's put it this way. But even if we, if we talk younger years, I remember that when I was five years old, I was walking around telling my, my parents and my family, how I think life should be better, that we should be living somewhere else, that we should be eating healthier, that my mother should stop smoking. And I always joke 
that I that I say I, I used to annoy everybody in my <laughs> in my family. You know, I used to annoy everybody, telling them how they should leave, live their life. Mm-hmm. And today I say I still do that, but today I get the money for it. So that's okay. <laughs> that is a good that exact. And uh, yeah, you 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 definitely were expressing on the you were practicing. You were practicing the coaching strategies. <laughs> I was practicing when I was five years old. Yes, <laughs> but I love that because that's uh, you know to me it's very rewarding when because it's obviously a question I always ask for anybody that follows the show because I try to establish those, you know, connections. And at this point, I've established that it has nothing to do. Like some people end up, you know, their true calling is very different from what they thought they were going to be in their young years. And others, like you said, it's like so aligned, so on spot. And the truth is, I think, and you are the transformational coach, but we transform, we change. So it's impossible to establish what we were then and what we are now. Yes, absolutely. And if I look back, I mean, I, I you know, I find it quite interesting to look back and I think it, it sounds so made up because my, my CV is just so, you know, con- continuously changing directions. But looking back, it completely makes sense because mm-hmm. I spent so much time in the theater world and then, you know, I got to experience pressure from all different sides, performing, taking care of shows, then got bored, then I needed to change again. So I think there are some dots we can connect. Interesting. And so that's why, like, you know, after you were on your own, you, you know, you're 18 and going to pursue something. That's what you wanted to pursue, like an acting or perform or a career in the performing arts. Um, yeah. So when I was 16, I actually started a training at a job center. So I was supposed to become a, a, a clerk, I think you call it. I was supposed to become an office worker. Um, and I mean, these were the 80s. Everybody was just happy to have some form of job and some form of training to a career to, career to go into. And then when I was at the end of 16 and I just had started, I saw I was already training as a as a ballet dancer, but privately, just for joy. I saw something on TV about the biggest school in Germany and something in me just went, and that's it. And of course, my parents thought I was crazy. They didn't want to let me go. At some point, I've worn them down to the point that they said, okay, if you get into this this school, then we have a think about it. And they never thought I would actually get in. And long story <laughs> short, I got into the school, which was in Munich back then, then trained there for three years um, I mean, I, I really worn my parents down to allow me to do this. And then mm-hmm. I started I started working as a classical ballet dancer in the Munich Opera. So oh, this is wow. this is where I, where I started. Yeah, that is that is uh, fascinating, I have to say. And so and, and, and so in that evolution, I know you went through your own transformation and eventually you got to coaching. Can you share with us how that happened? And and I'm usually curious about. You know, was there anything inside of you already that you and I know and, I, and I'm going to leave you time to talk about sabotaging ourselves and, and, you know, all that, because that's really what I think my audience, you know, tunes in It is to learn to see those things when they want to make a change and they want to transform. And so you're here, you are, you know, successful in what you're doing. And then something happened that you kind of changed direction. What was it? Well, I changed directions many times and I believe if you have a strong pull and it's not just, oh, something shiny, something different, but there's, there's a strong pull inside you. 
you will feel that it's time to change. And I changed after six years of being a dancer. I thought I wanted to get into acting. So I took my acting classes and to bring my voice down into my body, because as a dancer, you don't, you know, you never really breathe into your body. I took singing lessons and long story short, I ended up in a lot of musicals. I did a bit of filming. So I performed in, in musicals for another 12 years. And but the whole time, to answer your question, the whole time since I was 17, I was always curious how people tick. I wanted to know what's going on, on under the surface. And I, com- I, I came from a very strong spiritual approach. So I, you know, I, I heard about this crazy thing called Reiki, where people started you know, doing energy treatments. And so I did a couple of trainings. I read crazy books from Shirley MacLaine to channeling books. And that work has always stayed with me. So that was always something running under the surface that was telling me to look for more, to trying to understand how I tick and why I react in a certain situation and why certain things have always been easy for me and other things that were easy for others. I just couldn't get my head around. I would bang into the same wall. And, you know, every few years I, I touched base again and I did another, another Reiki training or something like this. And then in 2008, I was on a, on a show called Mamma Mia. And I was little show yeah. called Mamma Mia. You're so humble. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and this is in London, of course. No, no, no. This was actually in Germany. Oh, well, but still. Okay. <laughs> it was the London production. But it oh, my was God. That's awesome. And I, um, I was taking care of the show as well, of the choreography. So, I, you know, it was a very stressful job. And after we finished, I thought, I, j- I just want to learn. I want to take my head somewhere else again. And I had read of this doctor who ran this different training of where you can find the subconscious blocks that might create an illness or might make, make, might make it hard for you to heal. And I looked him up, but it looked like very extensive and expensive trainings. And then one night, just before we closed the show, a friend of mine calls up and says, have you, have you heard about this course? I said, yeah, but it's a whole, week's, a whole year's course. And she said, no, no, I just talked to them. You can book one module. And actually, if you book tonight until midnight, you get the early bird special, you save 250 euros. I just spoken to the hotel. They have one single room left and you better book the, 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 the dinner because there's a big dinner break as well. Oh, wow. And it was literally like someone handed me a package and said, book it, but book it in within the next 90 minutes. Mm-hmm. I had no idea what, was, what I was getting into, but I followed again that feeling of this, this is right. I don't know what this is. And I wanted to do this for myself just to see how can I, you know, again, how can I break down my own sabotages? I went onto that five-day course and was completely euphoric, had my own breakdown after two, two or three days. Someone helped, helped me to get out of it in within 15 minutes. And that was the moment I thought, and that's what I want to learn. Mm-hmm. You know, getting someone out of that funk, out of a panic, out of a state that they think they, you know, they will be stuck in forever to have that sorted in 12, 15 minutes. And I went back and started asking my friends if I can, you know, if I can just try this thing out on them. <laughs> then I remember my friend was dancing at um, Sadler's Wells in London back then. And I, and I, you know, I was doing 
treatments with some of the dancers, colleagues of mine, because I was performing mm -hmm. in London as well at some point. I put a poster on the wall and said, I've learned this new thing and I want to get better at it. So I'm doing 20 treatments for free. And then I put a sentence in there that I don't advise anyone should ever put out there unless you're very um, open to it. And I said, and everyone and every problem welcome. And everyone and every problem came. Everything I oh never believed God. I would have to deal with. And it was the best school I ever had. And that is the basis of everything I do today. Wow. Out of a crazy idea, I just thought that feels right. Let's go. That is incredible. And I love I love the story because also you kind of, well, some people call it manifesting, but you know, when you look into a program and then you think, oh, well, yeah, maybe not. And then the universe gives you that extra push, you know, that, that we need. And, and it's so great that, that you didn't miss it, but we, we missed, I mean, I'm sure you missed other nudges that the universe has given you. And that's kind of my hope with the podcast is that we can give that extra push so that when someone, you know, hears or something happened just similar to what you just said, which is, I, I want to explore this more, more. I'm curious about this. And then the opportunity comes right in front of their eyes and say, I cannot pass this up, but let me just do it. Because then that became the basis for everything you're doing now. And, and it's so incredible. And, and you changed so many lives. I mean, the, in the, in the research I did, for this interview, it's incredible, you know, that, that you're really out there transforming lives. And and I know that you started working one-on-one -on -one and uh, also with a lot of CEOs, athletes. And then through the pandemic, you know, you also reshuffled the way you're working. So do you care to share a little bit more about that? Yes, absolutely. One of my favorite words is flow. And, you know, what is flow providing for you? And this is what you say where... The universe just gives you those nudges and we follow. And if we don't follow, it just recalculates the route and then we, you know, it gives the next nudge and <laughs> the next nudge. <laughs> and so I have pretty much only been working one-on-one -on -one or I, I loved live training. So doing a, a weekend seminar somewhere. And of course that wasn't possible during the pandemic and they were always hard to, to advertise or find someone, you know, to organize these. And then during the second lockdown in Germany, I was sitting on the very couch you see behind me, meditating. And I was thinking, actually, these lockdowns can be a godsend. They can be absolutely amazing if we look into changing our beliefs, because we are suddenly not going to, to the same gym. We're not going the same route to our work. We're not even going into work. We're not going to to the pub. We're not seeing our family, unfortunately. So a lot of our normal behaviors were being suspended, which brought its own fears and triggers with it. However, the stuff that would trigger our automated beliefs, they were suddenly, you know, a lot of them were gone. And I thought, if there's any golden time to dig in and change your behaviors and beliefs, right, you know, completely, it's right now. And I thought that is actually, and I, I, I like I like it as a perspective change mm. or, you know, change your perception on this. And I thought, oh, let's do a masterclass on this and see, you know, if, if five people are interested, I'm happy, just a free masterclass. And in the long run, about a hundred, I, I did it, I repeated it four times and 180 people signed up. And I was like, 
Oh, wow. I mean, this was 80 and then 40 and then another 40 and then 20 or something like this. And it was mind blowing to me. And so again, it was my friends. I never even thought of that because my friends were pushing saying, you have to offer group coaching can't you see it? Can you finally see it? Because they've been telling me this for seven years, quite frankly. And so I just, in the masterclass, I basically just said, okay, and for anyone who needs support, who needs a pickup during these times or who wants to look deep, I'm offering the six-week master's course in January. It's going to be six modules over the, six, over the period of six weeks. And we're going deep and you're going to learn a lot of tools, how to rearrange your thinking process, how to stay in a higher state, how to let go of the stuff that's blocking you. And that's what we did. And so we've done the six-week masters twice in German, twice in English. And out of that, the power of forgiveness course is now developed. So there's another course that goes really just into releasing the painful stuff. And again, if I wouldn't have had that crazy idea and if I wouldn't have followed the call on the couch in that meditation to just go, let's just have a masterclass, none of that would have followed. Mm, interesting. Very interesting. So you have, I wonder, any tips on following your intuition, like with the things you have learned and what you've experienced? Where do you see most people fail in the, in the following the intuition? Is it the saboteur in us that kind of convinces us not to follow or what, what's your take? It's probably, I want to say three parts. Let's see if I can come up with three things. No, probably, <laughs> <laughs> what I'm feeling is, is three parts. One is the saboteur and what I call the monkey on your shoulder. That just goes, you have this idea. And if we stay with that example, I could have easily gone, oh, that's crazy. Everybody's doing masterclasses at the moment. Mm -hmm. And suddenly you don't. You don't do it. And it's the difference of listening to the monkey on your shoulder or the pull in your heart or the gut feeling. And to acknowledge the monkey, acknowledge the saboteur, acknowledge the voice that keeps telling you, oh, it doesn't matter. Oh, it's not worth it. Oh, it's just extra work. Oh, who do you think you are? And just going, well, the feeling is there. So let's see what happens. I mean, what's the worst thing that can happen? That I'll be sitting there with one person? Mm -hmm. ah, it's not yeah. bad. Or that no one is sitting there, then I can, you know, have a drink and close the computer. I mean, so don't listen to the monkey. Don't listen to the saboteur. Also practice that step two, practice listening to that inner voice, that guidance. Because I used to do workshops on intuition and people would, you know, they would always come in with these big questions like, uh, do I leave my husband? So shall I sell my house? Don't go in for those big decisions straight away because there's so much stress on there. Just practice what's my feeling telling me? Where do I cross the intersection? What traffic light am I using? What color shirt am I wearing? And you might get it wrong sometimes, but it's almost like you're sending a sign to the universe, as you said before, to say, to say I'm listening and I follow even though it feels weird. And you might get a test. You might get, as a friend of mine did, at a 36-degree heat wave wear your long trousers. And he was like, really? Okay. Well, you know, so it's just so you practice and it gets better every day. And do that for 30 days. So just tune in and follow no matter what, as long as it's safe, is safe, not feel safe, is safe. I mean, don't cross, don't run over the highway. Don't jump mm -hmm. out of the building. Don't, you know, that's, that's, we know that's not safe. But if you, if you know, no, nothing can happen, just start following those little nudges. 
And the third part is, of course, if you feel I'm running into the same walls over and over again, find someone who can help you break those beliefs down or change those beliefs because they will come up and they will try to keep you where you are because they want to keep you safe. That's all mm -hmm. they want to do. Mm -hmm. That's powerful. That's very, very powerful. Thank you for that. I'm curious, I heard or read somewhere you're writing a book too now on forgiveness. Is that true? Yes. That's great. The power of forgiveness? It is the power of forgiveness and it is everything that's in the course. It's the whole method put together. So in the course, again, it's, it's, it's six modules and I found a way to make sure you get every angle that might be holding you back. Because I've, I've experienced this so many times when you, you know, you maybe you come out of a relationship or someone did something to you or you did something that you don't agree with yourself and you go into forgiveness and it feels better. You might be able to forgive. I mean, that's the first step for a lot of people where they can't even think about. And then it comes back again. And there's ways to make sure to just get every aspect of it. So you, you really, let's say, clean every room in the house mm. and what i love about this i'm a very practical guy i want to say i'm a very lazy guy so i'm always looking for the easiest way <laughs> <laughs> and it's in the end once you understand how it works these processes can take you then 30 seconds it takes a bit of time to to practice them of course and to know what it is and that's what the book is all about so i've taken the course transcribe the whole thing and now I'm working through his, through it because of course it, it works differently when you teach life to 20 people rather than you know writing it for one person who's reading it of course of course and would you say I find with forgiveness like we have this misconception that unless it's something huge we think we don't need it and it's completely the opposite right like I'm a, I'm a type a personality and I know sometimes I have to forgive myself for not wanting to do something or not being on the go all the time because I feel guilty when I don't. It's just a matter of I need to be always doing something, feeling productive. And then, but sometimes my intuition, crazy enough, and I'm on one of those moments right now where it says, just stop, don't do anything. And you feel like, almost like you're failing yourself and you have to forgive yourself because you're not used to that state of mind. Is that really what you think other people feel? I feel sometimes that unless it's something like, you know, I was extremely rude to my parents or I did something major, we, we don't feel that we need forgiveness. I love you for that question or that comment because I believe once you get the biggies out of the way, because everybody needs to look at the biggies, of course, in the beginning, and they are so worth it and you're doing it. The, the most important thing is you're doing it for yourself. You're not doing it to let someone else off the hook. You're doing it to heal. You're doing it so you get free. You take your, you, you reclaim your power, really. And in the end, I always say for, it needs to be almost like an instant forgiveness or radical forgiveness about, as you say, about everything. Someone bums into me on the street. It's, you know, maybe, maybe I need to forgive him or her. Maybe I don't even anymore because I'm so, you know, I'm more compassionate these days. Or I break my favorite glass or I, you know, I forgot a meeting with someone. Then, of course, you have to forgive yourself. Or for, as you say, I need to drive and drive and drive and do and do and do. And when I don't, the moment you forgive yourself, you actually relax into it 
And what most people or what very often happens is people fear that then they relax so much that they won't do anything. And quite the opposite happens. You open yourself up to actually do, do it from a, from a different resource. You do it from, um, from a space of, and now is the right time and not from, from a fear or from, from pressure. So I'd say forgive all day long, everybody, including yourself, whenever you can, because it puts you into a state of continuous love. And that is, if, if I've ever seen a magnet for good things happening, it's being in that state. Mm, yeah, that's, that's powerful. I agree. I agree with you. The, the power of love, uh, is it Carolyn Mice that says that we have to change the, for the, how would you, the love of power for the power of love. Mm, I love that. And it's so good. Yes. When I heard that, I'm like, oh, that is good because it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's that the, the always doing attitude. And I wonder, you know, because you have clients all over the world and you have, you know, I'm based in the US, but, you know, I'm European. So I, I sometimes see there, there's very two very different philosophies and way of living. And I think a lot of people here in the US, we struggle with people don't take their vacation, that which I've spoken on the show. This is the country where people leave paid vacation on the table, which to me, it's incredible. Uh, you know, I was never that person. I'm always like, don't pay me, but I'm going for a month and a half to <laughs> on vacation. So I wonder, I know Europe, while people do take their vacation, but we all in the same, we all have the same challenges at the same, at the end of the day, we, there's some, something that maybe it's not letting us be as fulfilled as we want to be. So do you see any differences in terms of the motivators or the challenges in which people, you know, get stuck? Some for work, some for other reasons. I don't know. I'm just curious. In within different countries, you mean? Or? Yeah. Yes. There's definitely different ways to approach things. And mentality-wise, as in do they, do I look, where, where is my focus? You know, is it more solution-based or is it more problem-based? But what I, what I find much more obvious is actually the difference between different occupations. Mm -hmm. So I see a huge difference, for instance, between the CEOs, actors, and footballers. And all in their own right have a certain focus. But, you know, actors, for instance, they are so used to go deep and look for a block and an... And an and, and a sabotage, and that's because that's their work. But they have all, always been told, me as a ballet dancer and as an actor, I remember being in front of a mirror six days a week, at least eight hours a day, being told you're not good enough. You don't jump enough. You don't, you're not um, flexible enough. You're not thin, thin enough. You don't turn enough. You, whatever. You're just never enough. Mm -hmm. And that's ingrained in the whole performing industry. So when I say I help people to not sabotage themselves, a performer would instantly go, oh, yeah, that's me. When I say that to a CEO, they're far more solution-based, you know, what works, what works for my company, what doesn't work, where do I need to streamline? They would go, okay, so what do I get out of this? Mm -hmm. Now, when I say this to a professional athlete, especially in the, in, in the football field, they very often go, well, I don't have that. Because they cannot show any weaknesses and it could be perceived, you know, it could do something to the market value mm. where in essence, it's the flip side. It's not about there's something broken. It's about, okay, what else can we do even better? That is always my approach. It's not about 
there's something broken with you that we need to fix. We all, I always say we all need healing. We're all human. That's a given. That's part of this game that we're playing here. However, you're doing well. You, you have a profession. You're sitting here. You, you know, you live your life. It's, it's all good. Let's see in what areas we can get it even better. And by better, I mean more to where you want it to be, not necessarily more money, more success. But if that's for you, then that's great too. But I want you to be happy. Mm-hmm. And that's the moment when they go, oh, that's what you mean with self-sabotage. So mm-hmm. there's, a, there's an area where I'm not allowing myself the big success because it reflects this, that, and the other. So mm-hmm. does that make that's, sense? That's, that's fine. Absolutely. That's fascinating. I, and that's why I asked because I never consider that, but it makes complete sense that based on what you do, you have to also adopt an archetype, so to speak, or, or, or a persona or something that, you know, like, yes, yeah, a CEO, people think, oh, well, if I cannot say, I don't know, or people perceive that you cannot say, I don't know that often. When in reality, maybe you get more, if you say, I don't know every so often, because you will get more solutions, more brainstorming, more, you know, more space within your own organization. So it, it makes complete sense. Yes. So, so uh, we spoke in book and your courses. Is there anything else exciting that you're working on that you want to share with the audience? Well, at the moment, it's, it's um, taking the power of forgiveness and the six week masters on a whole new journey. So this is what I, you know, what we're planning to do, having, having that in German and in English run simultaneously and just getting this into a bigger market. And this is, well, I can't believe I'm actually saying this, but I'm opening up something called Flow Club, mm-hmm. which is helping, you know, which is not a workshop. It's not a training. This is just a continuation of or, or continuous support for people staying in the highest possible energy and making sure they're stepping out of their way so they can actually be in flow. So, oh, I love and that that's, idea and I love the name. Thank you. So do I. It was actually just yes. a working title. And everybody, every time I told someone, well, it's, it's going to be something like Flow Club, everyone said, oh my God, that's amazing. Yeah, I love I love the name. And I think creating community is a big part of what you do. I, I really believe so. So I think... Uh, uh, that definitely will check it out, and I will have all the, the you know your uh, web page and everything will be on the show notes, so that anybody out there, you know, that wants to check Guido and any of her of her powerful uh, transformational courses, that they can follow and 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 maybe even take it because it sounds incredible. And so I cannot end the interview, and you 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 yourself said that you love to to see what makes people tick. So my last question of every single interview is, under the surface, Guido, when things are not great, what makes you tick? When things are not great? Yes. When you're, the, when you're in those, well, I, I always frame it like that because I feel that we have to connect to something, you know, to our true nature when we have those days where everything it's like, doesn't seem right mm. to keep us moving. We need to connect to what makes us stick to something that resources us in such a powerful way. Besides inspiring others, which is a great way of taking, by the way. <laughs> is yeah. there anything else? <laughs> um, well, empowering others. The biggest problem there is that we lose taking care of ourselves very often, you know, and I always say every coach needs a coach. Mm-hmm. So what makes me tick is coming back. I love what you said in the beginning, the essence of you coming back to my essence, questioning, okay, 
I always ask, why is this happening? So if I'm actually, let's say, miserable, I always ask, why is this happening? What is coming up? What is this bringing up? I don't put a happy stick on it. I don't try to suppress it. I actually try to feel it so I can understand it and then work through it. I think this is really, really important and to just go, okay, now I feel like crap. If I can say this, yeah, <laughs> you know, now I, Absolutely. Now I actually feel like, like crap. What has triggered this? Am I feeling unloved? Am I feeling not seen? Is it one of the old things that comes up again? Oh yeah. Oh, it's that again. Okay. So let's, let's see if there's another, something else I need to clean up. Or usually nowadays I just have to sit the wave out because the mm -hmm. moment I accept it, the moment I, I allow it in, it's usually done in a, a 10 minutes, 20 minutes, where it used to be three months. Mm -mm. That's that's great. That's great. Well, I, I love it. And I've loved our conversation and the work you're doing. So I thank you so much. And, uh, you know, you always have an open microphone here at uh, Back to Basics. Thank you very much. I love this. Absolutely loved it. All right. Thank you, everybody. And until a new episode of Back to Basics. Bye bye. You've been listening to Back to Basics. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook. If you haven't yet, subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts or any of your favorite streaming platforms. This is the best gift you can give us. Join me next week for another Back to Basics conversation. And if you want to find out about other exciting things I'm working on, visit LeticiaLatino.com. Thank you, and until the next time.